Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Today's a special day. Um, if I didn't introduce myself, forgive me. I'm Ben Brinkman, lead pastor of Canvas Church. And as a part of Canvas Church, we are a part of an, uh, an organization called ARC, Association of Related Churches, uh, which is a church planning organization. We help plant us um, way back in the day, and uh, we were uh, church plant number 77 with this organization, and there are now over 850 churches, come on, that have been planted with ARC. Now, here's something you might not know. Here's the exciting part about that is um, since church plant number 70, we've been, uh, 77, we've been uh, literally helping plant every single one of those churches that have, uh, that have been planted. So that's nearly 800 churches, Canvas churches helped plant. You say, Pastor, how is that possible? It's possible because we're partnering with other great churches just like ours as we give our finances every month to go to church planting. And so, man, every month we take money and we give it to church planting, and all of a sudden, man, these churches are being planted. It's an incredible thing. Thing, uh, that's taking place, and so uh, excited about that. Also, we get to be a part of praying for these new church plants, and so there are two new church plants that are taking place right here in San Diego County, so I'm going to ask Todd and Shannon to come up, and Jeff and Aaron to come on up, and uh, I'm going to introduce them, and uh, this was the cool part. Some of you might have stayed for two services. In the first service, Todd preached, and uh, him and his wife, Shannon, are going to be starting Reve Church at Torrey Pines High School at the end of this month, September 29th. Isn't that awesome? And so another thing that I get to be a part of with ARC is they, um, I get to coach people on how to plant churches. Now, here's what you don't know. The reason they have me and my wife there is because we're the model of what not to do. Come on, somebody. And so they're like, hey, can you come and be the model? And then they just say, hey, whatever he did, do the opposite of that. And so we, we get to be a part of um, uh, their, their journey and helping coach them and, and just to a successful launch. And what's awesome is when we launched our church, uh, we launched with 149 people in attendance, which was about the average then. Uh, but now the average ARC church plant is up to close to over 300 people. Come on, isn't that awesome? Now that's probably because of the amazing coaches they give them. I'm just saying. Um, and so we're excited for what God's going to do there. So they're planting at the end of this month. And then we have Jeff and Aaron, and they're planting, um, uh, don't tell me, Rhythm Church. Yes, Rhythm Church, two R's, Rev and Rhythm. Rhythm Church, January 12th, this next year. And uh, so they're going to be planting in Oceanside, uh, California which is gonna be awesome. Now, I've known Jeff for about 10 years uh, in your family, and that's been an incredible journey. He's actually preached for us before, way back in the day, back when we were urban church, before the arson. Now, some of you are like, what in the heck did I just walk into? Um, it's a long story. Go to growth track. You'll figure it out. Um, but we've known each other about 10 years, and so I'm excited to see what God is gonna do uh, for them in, in their church. And so here's the thing. Uh, Jeff's gonna preach this service. Todd preached in the first, and they have tables set up outside. And at those tables, they have all the information they have on their church. And so here's what I'm going to ask of you as the pastor of Canvas Church. If you live closer to that area and you feel like God is tugging on your heart to help start a church, go talk with them, all right, and say, how can I be a part of this church plant, okay? And so maybe it's a shorter drive. Maybe you live right in the neighborhood. Man, this is the place, this is the place for you. Matter of fact, uh, three weeks ago, there was somebody here from Oceanside. And I was like, what are you doing here? And like, well, friends and whatnot. And I said, I have a friend that's planning in Oceanside. You need to check it out. So I gave him all the information. Um, secondly, maybe you're like, Pastor, I love you, and I love this church, and I'll never leave it. <laughs> the fact that I had to prompt, I'm going to go start a church. Anybody want my church? Um, and maybe you, have, uh, maybe you have some friends that live in those areas 
that are looking for a new church to attend. Man, make sure you grab. I talked to somebody in between services. They stayed for both, and they said, man, Pastor, this is amazing. I have a friend that lives in Oceanside looking for a church, and I have a friend that, that lives around the Torrey Pines area looking for a church. So she grabbed information on both, and she's already pushing her friends that way, okay? So at the end of the service, go get all the information, shake their hand, find out more about their church. Can you give it up for these guys? Jeff, you can stay up here. So at the end of the service, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a moment, we're going to pray for them, and we're going to take up an offering, and a huge portion of everything that comes in today is going to go help uh, their church plants. Isn't that awesome? All right, give it up for Jeff. Amen. Thank you, Ben. Thank you. Thank you so much. Man, what a pleasure to be with you guys uh, this, this morning. Um, I, I do want to recognize I got some of my other family with me. My daughter Isla is here. Uh, my son Israel is here. My, my other daughter India, she had to go to work, but she was here for first service and just heard a phenomenal message from Todd. And, uh, and then I got my team here, which is also my family. We got James and Alyssa. Come on. We got George and Kaylee. They're helping us launch out. We're just, we're, we're super excited. If you would, uh, turn with me in your Bibles uh, to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter number nine, Matthew chapter number nine. We're gonna read verses 35 through, I don't know, we'll figure it out, 35 through, through whatever. And um, as you guys turn there, if, you, if you're newer to your Bible, like you, maybe you're new to your faith, new to your Bible, the easiest way to find the book of Matthew is turn to the very front of your Bible, look in that table of contents, find that New Testament section, and, uh, and then just look, very first name right there will be Matthew. F- find that page number, go there. Then look for that big number nine, the little number 35. Big number nine is the chapter, little numbers by the sentences are the scripture references. Um, I, I, like Ben was saying, I've known, I've known Ben and Katie for a long time now. We actually, when they first planted the church, I was interested in church planting. This is back in like 2010. So my wife and I, we were living in Marysville, Washington at the time. Anybody from the Pacific Northwest in here? Any Pacific Northwest? Come on, there we go. All right, all right. That's right. It's way better down here, isn't it? Dear God. So, um, yeah, so we, uh, we flew down and we met with them. They were actually uh, meeting in Little Italy at that time in San Diego, and we just talked and talked about church planning. And ever since that day, even though it's taken us almost a decade now to finally hear, hear God call us to it, uh, ben has just encouraged over and over and over again, myself, my wife, my family, like, man, I, th- I think you could do it, bro. I think you could do it, bro. Every time I'd call him, he'd be like, is it time? Is it time? Are you doing it now? I'd be like, no, not yet, Ben. We're still praying, man. We're still praying. We're still believing. And, and so they've just been an incredible encouragement to us and just so many other. I mean, th- what's happening here at Canvas Church is not normal. It's not normal for another pastor in the same region to bring in two church planters in the same region and say, hey, if you want to go with them, go with them. Or say, hey, we're going to take some money and give it to them. Like, it just doesn't happen. And so, really, you guys are blessed to be a part of this church. It's, it's phenomenal. Hey, if you're in Matthew chapter 9, would you say amen? amen? If you're not, too bad. I only got a few minutes, and so we're going anyways. Here we go. All right, it says this, verse 35, it says, Jesus, he went through all the towns and the villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. Now, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. We'll stop there now and, and read on it in just a moment. This, this, this morning as we gather together in our, our, our Passion for the House series, is that what it is? Our Passion for the House series, we're just gonna speak briefly on, on this idea of we need more. We need more. We need more. Would you guys pray with me? Father, we thank you so much for this time that we get to gather. We thank you, Lord, for an incredible time of worship. 
Lord, thank you just for the gifts that are in this house, God, and, and, and just the way that they serve. And we just ask now, Lord, as we open up your, your word, God, that you would open up our hearts and our minds, that you would convict us, that you would encourage us. Lord, change us. Draw us near to you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. 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 So, um, so yesterday... Uh, uh, was my first weekend where I say I, I used to work at North Coast Church over in Vista, and we always had Saturday night service. It was my first weekend in such a long time where I didn't have to be anywhere on a Saturday, like late afternoon, evening. And so um, I was kind of like at a loss for what to do. So I, I went to the pool for a little bit. We got a community pool. Anybody got the community pool? Come on. See, in, in, at my house, we don't have air conditioning. And so we're doing whatever we can to stay cool. I know. Just pray for us. And so we're at the community pool, and then I come home, and I'm like, now what? Now what am I going to do? So I popped on Netflix. So I was like, Netflix and chill time, you know? So I throw, I throw on the Netflix, but I just don't want to watch, like, mindless shows on Netflix. I'm not just somebody, like, I always want to, like, make myself smarter and whatnot. So I looked in the documentary section. Any documentary lovers out there, you love them? Come on, right? Love the documentary. So we go, t- and I'm, like, going through, and there's, there's one that's been in my queue for the longest time that I just haven't watched, but it's the, it's, it's the series where they go through each of the decades. They go through the 70s, they go through the 80s, they go through the 90s, and, and for me, being a child of the 80s, I'm like, I gotta watch a little bit of this 80s documentary, and so we pop on. I start watching like three or four episodes. Pretty soon, it's been like two hours. Anybody ever been there before? We're just like, just one after the other after the other, and watching this show on the 80s, and it brings back so many memories from my childhood, again, being a like a kid of the 80s, and, and um, it, it took me back because they talked so much about media and television, how television really exploded in the 80s. And, and I remember living in my little apartment in El Cajon, East County, East County, San Diego, and, um, and we, we lived in like this ghetto apartment, ghetto, like anybody, anybody grew up ghetto in here? Come on, few, yeah, no, come on, that's right. You can take us out of the ghetto, but you can't take the ghetto out of us. So... I'm watching, and I, I just remember back, right, I remember, like, you know, uh, trying to watch the different TV shows, cool, yeah, we had the rabbit ears, you know, the rabbit ears with the tinfoil on there, because the tinfoil is going to give you better reception, I don't know, but, but I remember, I remember um, watching, like, shows like, like, Different Strokes, it takes different strokes, you know, come on, no, all right, no one, um, uh, the Jeffersons, anybody remember Jeffersons, moving on up, come on, Three's Company, Three's Company, come on, knock on a door, my dad did not let me watch that show very often because I guess it meant something. I don't know. So, <clears throat> but I remember, I, I like, I, I, I remember watching those television shows. So, but every once in a while, you would have like during the commercial break back when people watched commercials, um, th- there would be the, the, the time where they would show like the starving children in other countries. You guys remember that? And I don't want to, like, put a big somber moment on this right now. But, like, do you remember, like, you know, it would be the, the little kid and, the, you know, the flies around their eyes. And, <laughs> wow. So, <laughs> so you, would, you, would, you would watch it, you know, because you'd be in the middle of, like, you know, like, different strokes. Like, what you talking about? Well, it's going to be funny. Like, people would be laughing. And all of a sudden, this really serious commercial would come on. And you would just, it would just, like, it would hit you. And you'd, you'd feel it in your stomach. And you'd be like, oh, my gosh, like. We're, we're so wealthy. What are we doing? We need, to, we need to give up, you know, a few bucks a day. We'll feed these children. And you're like, oh, yeah, call in now. And, and so you have these moments of like, man, I really, there's, there's hurt in the world. There's really like people are in need, and I want to do something about it. And then the next commercial will come on, and you forget about it. But which, <laughs> which brings me to my point, people. I'm, I'm going to get back to the Bible here in a second. You're like, is this guy just going to talk about the 80s today? Maybe. Um, but, uh, 
but I, like today more and more, because again, you don't just have, we don't have just so many channels. We got social media, we've got, we got everything, right? We're inundated constantly with the need, constantly. We see it all the time now. We see it all the time. We, we, see, the, we see the need to help the hungry, the less fortunate. We see the, the need to help the families that have been impacted by uh, the different stuff that has taken place just even in our nation. We, we, we see all this need, but we see so much of it that I, I, I honestly, I, I'm, I'm fearful that we're maybe becoming a little numb. You know, I'm, I'm fearful that maybe we're getting to the point because we see it and then we're on to the next thing that we're able then to look at it and not feel anything and then not begin to act on it because it's just what we see all day, every day. It, we, we hear about one tragedy one day and then we forget about it two days later. And because we know just we're going to hear about another one. Or we, 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 we have to begin people to, be, to, to see these things and to want to move and to act upon them. See, Jesus right here, he's, he's, faced, he's faced with a crowd that has desperate need. He's faced with a crowd that has desperate needs. And one of the things that I think is very powerful, and a word that we can read over, it says that he saw the crowds. He saw the crowds. The word saw there means to see them and to perceive them. To look beyond just like what you see for face value, but he was able to look at people and see beyond. And he saw that they were harassed, that they were helpless, that these were people that were in need. These were people that were in need, and he was moved, not just because of their sin, but because of their situation. And church, one of the things that we are, that we're about is we want to see people saved. We want to see people set free from their sins. We want to see this stuff, but I think we also need to get back to that place of seeing people in their situations and wanting to move and to act and to do because of the situations that they're in. Can I get an amen? Like, this is, this is part of our mandate as being the church is not just to go after people that are in sin, but to go after people that are in situations, sometimes because it's their fault and sometimes not, but ultimately because we have to begin to perceive people and perceive that they are harassed and that they are helpless. They are sheep without a shepherd. They are people without a pastor. They are a community without a church. We have to. We gotta see them like this. So Jesus says, I, I see them, they're sheep without a shepherd. The interesting thing about the Bible is that over and over again, he calls people sheep. John chapter 10, he says, I am the good shepherd. You guys are my flock. Over and over again throughout the Old Testament, we're likened to sheep. You know the interesting thing about sheep people is sheep are dumb. Sheep are, they're like the dumbest animals on the face of the planet. And I, I just think, thank you, Jesus, you call us sheep. <laughs> we're, we're all dumb. Um, but but the reason why, you're like, I like this guy, he's insulting. So the, the, re, the reason why, though, it, it, the thing, the sheep, is that sheep, sheep will follow anything unless they have a shepherd. Sheep will, and, and sheep will destroy themselves if left to their own devices. They will. If you put a sheep or a flock of sheep in a field without a leader, that sheep, they will eat up all of their resources around them until there's nothing left, and then they will starve and die. If, if sheep, when they go in to get a drink of water, like in a, in a flowing like, river, they will keep going in deeper and deeper and deeper, and their wool will fill with water, they will be carried off, and they will drown. Sheep, for some reason, will just follow other sheep. There was a, this, this study, in, not a study, sorry, it was this, this situation that took place in 2006 where there was a, she, a sheep flock of like 400. And one of those, as they, and they were like traveling a, 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 on this ravine, and one of the sheep just decided to just go off the edge of the cliff. 
All 400 followed. Kind of sounds a lot like people in a way. Left to our own devices, we'll devour all the resources around us until we've got nothing left. Sometimes we go into situations where we need somebody looking after us, somebody praying for us, somebody there for us, somebody there to guide us, and we just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper into it until we're like hauled off and we drowned. And if we're not careful, we'll just follow other people into places of destruction. That's why we need a shepherd. That's why we need Jesus. John chapter 10 says he is the good shepherd, and people need to have that as the shepherd. People need to have Jesus as the good shepherd. Amen, somebody. Come on. Like this, it's so, it's so important that we, as his people, as his flock, as his sheep, we can go, look, I understand I need. I understand I have need. I have one. I understand that I myself am this sheep without a shepherd. I understand that I am those that are harassed and those that are helpless, but I just happen to find the sheep, I mean the shepherd, Jesus, and therefore I'm going to be all right. I'm going to be all right, and I want to do everything that I can in my, in my abilities to get other people to do so. And he says that there's such need. He just sees the crowds. There's such need that he says, he says look, I'm, 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 going to, I'm going to send workers out in the harvest field. The harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. There's far more people that need to know about Jesus than there's people to tell them. Far more, far more people. People need to hear it. People need to know. There's desperation out there. See, I, just, just in our area alone, so we're planting the church in Oceanside. In Oceanside, there are, um, it's the third largest city in San Diego County. So you take Oceanside as the third largest city in San Diego County. Over 176,000 people call that place their home. In Escondido, I believe there's probably close to the same. So if you take this whole 78 kind of corridor, it's one of the largest regions in Southern California, population-wise. And then, I mean, then just San Diego just in general. And then in, in San Diego County, it's 90% unchurched. And that 10% that would call themselves churched aren't always a part of a Bible-believing church, a faith-based church that loves Jesus, that preaches the word, that believes in the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of churches out there that, that wouldn't necessarily fit under that category, but they would still then consider them churched. So there is such a need in this area. There's such a need in this community. There's such a need in Oceanside. There's such a need in Torrey Pines. There's such a need in San Diego for people to know Jesus. Such a need. So this is, this is what he does. See, his, his, this is his motivation. His motivation is seeing the crowds and seeing the need. That's his motivation. And his motivation needs to be our motivation as well. That's part of being like Jesus. See, okay, here we Time-wise, okay, I'm good. Part, 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 part of, of Christianity is so often we make it just about morality, right? We try to make it about, like, we're moral people, we're good people, we don't, you know, we don't drink, we don't smoke, we don't chew, we don't hang out with people that do, or blah, blah, blah. You know, like, we're, like this is, we're, we're, we're just good. But it's more, it's more than just our morality. It's actually being like Jesus, being moved by what moves him. It's, it's Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours. So this is what he does. He says, 
chapter 10, number one, it says, Jesus then called his 12 disciples to them and he gave them authority to drive out impure spirits, heal every disease and sickness. These are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and the brother, Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, uh, uh, and his brother, John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These 12 he sent out with the following instructions, do not go among the Gentiles or into any other town of the Samaritans. Go round to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, freely received, freely give. He says this. He calls these guys to him and he says, go out and preach the gospel and show the gospel. Go out and preach, preach the gospel, preach the kingdom of heaven is near, but then show them. Show them. We have to have more than words. We have to have action. And we have to have more than action. We have to have words. Because if we're just going out, we're like, we're just so nice to people. We smile and hold the, hold the door open, and people are going to know. People are going to ask, what's different about you? Like, why do you hold the door open for people? Well, it's just because Jesus, you know. Like, no, like, we, we've got to go beyond that. <laughs> Sorry. We have to go beyond that, right? Like, we have to get into our communities. We have to work. We have to, like, but Todd preached for a service. Like, we have to be out there and be conduits for God's grace in our different areas. We have to. We have to do this. And, and I know a lot of us, we think, well, I'm not qualified, Jeff. I don't have years of ministry experience. I don't, I, I mean, I've never been to seminary. I've never even taken Bible college. I haven't even read, read, you know, read the whole Bible yet. Like, I'm still working my way through the New Testament, sort of. You know, like, and that's okay, because I love it. The reason why he names the people in there is to let everybody else know who would have known who they were, that these guys were the most unqualified people to carry out any kind of God kingdom work. The most unqualified. You have three fishermen. Dude, so that, like, that's what they did. They fished. That's, that was the trade they knew. There was a tax collector Someone who ripped his own people off and gave the money to the Roman government and took a lot for himself. You had a crooked bookkeeper accountant. You had a zealot in there. And a zealot was like basically kind of like a politician in a way. Like that was part of what he did. He was, he was political and he was all about trying to get everyone hyped up against the Roman government. Like that's, you have, you have all sorts of people. They were not theologically trained. As a matter of fact, because they're fishermen and a tax collector and zealots and so on and so forth, it's because that at the age of 13, once they had their bar mitzvahs, they were no longer accepted well, sorry, they were not accepted by the, um, the rabbis of the day, meaning that their education stopped there. They could not go on and continue to learn the things of God. They just had to now live in society. They were rejected by the religious establishment, basically. They were unqualified. They, and, and matter of fact, as you read on, if you go into the book of Acts, the, the people who were the qualified people, the people that were the rabbis, basically they call them unschooled, ordinary men. In the Greek, they use the word idiotis. They were idiots. So if you're an idiot in this place, congratulations, you can serve the kingdom. It's awesome. God chooses to use these people. And, and, and I remember when I, when I first got saved, like, I just was like, sweet, I get to tell people about Jesus. I was like 18, almost 19 years old, like deep in the party scene, but I didn't care. I was going to parties. I'd have a beer in my hand, a cigarette in the other. I'd be like, yo, you guys need to know about Jesus. <laughs> no, I kid you not. Like, I didn't, because I, I mean, I hadn't, I hadn't learned yet that you don't do that stuff, Jeff. 
I mean, I could tell you some stories, but I won't. Um, but like that's, I think sometimes in the church, and I'm not saying in this church, but maybe the church like, as a whole, we get to this point to where we, we, we want to just keep it the way it is. And we need, we need people to know that, well, you're not supposed to dress like that anymore. You're not supposed to talk like that anymore. You're not supposed to go to those places anymore. See, Jesus, when he sees the need, he doesn't say, let's huddle up. There's a lot, it's a lot of craziness out there. No, he says, I'm going to send you out and do it. I'm going to send you out and do it. See, he didn't save you to be safe. I think sometimes we think that. We think, oh, now that I'm saved, I've got to retreat. I gotta, it's like just, hey, it's us four and no more. We're just going to watch Disney movies and, like, you know, like, media's bad. Like, no. Like, what can we do to infiltrate these different areas? Yeah, there are bad parts of our community. How do we go into those? How do we get into them? Like, there, there are, like, the, there's the seedy side of every city. Um, that's where I think today we find Jesus. I honestly think people that if Jesus showed up today, we'd be really tripped out with who he chose to spend his time with. Okay, sorry. <laughs> This is his deal. His plan is multiplication. He sends people out. He says, like, when, and matter of fact, at the very end of it all, he's like, now I'm sending you out. You go. It's your turn now. We're Acts. We're in the book of Acts. We're just in chapter 29, continuing to live on with his presence, spirit-filled, being representations of Jesus to everywhere that we go, people. That's, that's, our, that's, that's our mandate. That's what we get to do. We get to go into these places. Again, don't huddle up, don't hide, don't keep you, don't, because yeah, there's a lot of bad things out there, but we need to be, we, we need to be, um, maybe you've heard this illustration before, and so if you have, please forgive me, but too often Christians are like thermometers. Like we come in and we read the temperature of an area, we read the temperature of the room, we just come in and we're like, oh my gosh, the spirit of discernment's on me and this place is dark. Escondido's hard ground, people, it's hard. San Diego, oh, just, it's just, we just need to pray. We, re, we, we go and read, we need to be those that are thermostats where we go in and we set the temperature of the room. Come on. That's right, facts. Come on, come on, girl, I like you. High five from afar back there, yeah. Like, that's, we, 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 that's what we need to do. Young people, we need to walk into our schools and be like, I, I, I know everyone says the school system's, you know, going to hell quick and blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. We're going to go in there. We're going to change our schools. We're going to change our workplaces. I was talking to this one guy, and he's like, man, he's like, my workplace, Jeff, is just so dark, the agendas that they push. And, and I, there I am by myself. I'm like, well, bro, you better be prayed up. I hope you have a good community around you. You got people, but you're going into that place, and it's your job then to change the atmosphere of your workplace. It's your job to go in and start to be like, no matter what comes out of their mouth, you just keep loving them, and you keep praying for them, and you let them know that you're there for them. And when they need something, you're like, I'll help you out. I got you, all that stuff. Instead of going to like, no, I'm just going to stay in my office. Because it's safe. It's my own little Christian bubble. I'm not even on my notes. Where are we at? Where are we going? Jesus help. And he, he, he does this because the world needs it. He does this. If you read in Luke chapter 10 when he sends out the 72, very similar to when he sends out the 12, he says he sends them out two by two. 
Like, who are you in partnership with? Like, who are you doing this with? It's one thing, again, to show up here on a Sunday and, and you know, listen to the great worship and one of the greatest communicators in Southern California. Come on. You don't need to podcast anybody else. But, but like, beyond that, like, who are you connected with? Who are you, who are you going with? Who are you walking with? And get into a small group. Get into people's lives. Get with people. Do this. When it says join a small group and it's all, you know, it, it, they're not that awkward. But, like, you know, no one's going to be like kumbaya, like, in front of you. But, or, or some sweet, classic, wow, worship from the late 90s. But, man, you're going to meet people that are going to walk with you. They're going to pray with you. They're going to encourage you. They're going to be with you. Do it, please. So, so this is... This is I've got, okay, I've got, I've got a little over five minutes. Here we go. Um, in, in, in Matthew chapter 11 at, at the end, verse 28, we get to see, we get to see uh, Jesus kind of address this a little bit more. He says, come to me all. Everybody say all. all. Say it like you mean it. Say all. all. So he says, come to me all. Just leave, leave the scripture up there, but, but all is inclusive. It's all. Doesn't matter your, your, your background, doesn't matter your culture, doesn't matter your race, doesn't matter your socioeconomic status, none of that. It's just all. Come to me rich, poor, doesn't matter. You just come, all of you, all of you come. Come to me, all of you who are weary and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Let's go to the next and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When he says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened. Now, we would hear that, and we might say, Jesus is kind of being redundant, saying the same thing over and over again, like what preachers do all the time. We, use the, we mean the same thing. We just use a different word so we can talk longer. But, like, that was kind of funny. So, but the word weary there, weary means to grow tired from the toil and worries of life that you've placed on yourself. Like, you're in this situation because you did it to you. And I know oftentimes we feel like, if I did it to me, I gotta get myself out of it. I got myself into this, I gotta get myself out of this, right? But that's not Jesus, Jesus isn't saying that. Jesus is saying, oh, you blew it? You blew your life up? Come on, come to me. You got yourself into this horrible situation? Let me help you out. You don't got to get yourself out of it. I'll walk with you. We'll figure it out. It's going to be a process. We're, we're going to get you out of it. So if, if you are weary, come on. Come on. And I know that in, in, a, in a room like this, some of you guys maybe are sitting in those situations. Maybe you're sitting in those situations with your marriage. Maybe you're sitting in those situations with your finances or with your children or, or your job situation. And you're thinking like, well, I did it to myself. How is God going to help me out? And it just he says, come. Come on. And those that are, 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 are burdened are, <clears throat> are those that have, have had weights and worries placed on them by other people. And I know, again, in a room like this, some of us sit here and we've got, we've got issues that have been placed on us by family, sometimes by parents, sometimes by other family members, sometimes by those in the, that we've worked with, maybe some, some in other church experiences where you've had pastors just put, like, 
man, you should be doing this, and you need to be doing this, and you need to be doing that. And if you're not, then I don't even know if you're saved. And, and, and a lot of us come from so many different backgrounds where we've had so many different burdens. But Jesus has come, and we're going to work it out together. He says, take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. And at this time, like, I don't know if you got any farmers in here or whatnot, but a yoke would be, um, it's a wooden contraption that would take two animals, two beasts of burden, and, and bind them together so that they could plow a field or whatnot. And these were oftentimes just big wooden crazy things, right? But at this time, this was a slang word. I mean, it really did mean like that, but it was a slang word. See, a yoke was a rabbi's interpretation of the law, of the Old Testament. A rabbi would have a certain way that he'd read it. Just like today, we have certain pastors that, that dive into Scripture and teach it certain ways and kind of believe certain things and different doctrines and whatnot. You would have rabbis that they would have their yoke. And if you were like a student, you wanted to learn the scriptures, you would bind yourself to a rabbi's yoke, meaning that I'm going to learn from you. I'm going to learn from the way that you, you teach scripture, the way that you see the Old Testament, the way that you see the law, the way that you read the prophets. I'm going to bind myself to you. I'm going to take on your yoke. And what Jesus is saying is take on my yoke. Why? Because he's the one that wrote it. He's the author. He knows the original intent of it. That's who we learn from. He said, you know what, with, with this, this yoke, it's, it's not, it's not going to put anything ill-fitting on you. I'm not going to put any extra weight on you. I'm not going to mess with you. See, when we read the Bible, when we read the Word of God, it should be freeing for us. It should set us free. It should take us to new levels and new heights and, and new expectations and greater faith. The Word of God was never meant to beat us up in any preacher, any pastor that use it, uses it to beat people up is not taking upon the yoke of Jesus. It says, take my yoke upon you. See, the emphasis is, 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 is from walking with him and learning with him. And if, we, if we could throw up the message translation of that same verse, and I'm, I'm, I'm winding down. i got two minutes, and I'm going to be done. But it says this. It says this. <laughs> it says. Is it just, we, one second, one second. No, wait, you don't have it. We don't got, we do have it. We do can we thank the people in the tech booth just for being awesome? All right, well, it's my, it's my bad. I should have it in, in my notes. But, but basically, it says this, like, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you beat up? Come from me. Come to me. It says to work with me. This is Jesus. Work with me and walk with me. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. See, it isn't just an overnight thing. It's with us working with and walking with Jesus that we learn these unforced rhythms of grace, that we find freedom. That's part of the, the, where our name, Rhythm Church, comes from is because we, we want to do this. We want to help people find these unforced rhythms of grace that Jesus so gives, seeing the need Knowing that it takes more than one church, more than one movement, more than one faith community, we, Rhythm Church, are answering the call to be sent out to go into our communities and find those who are harassed and helpless, those who are weary and burdened, and to help them learn the unforced rhythms of grace. So because of this, we're launching. 
and we're partnering with other great churches. We're partnering with Canvas, and we're partnering with Reve, and we're partnering with North Coast and Coast City and all the other great churches in The Rock. Everyone that makes up San Diego, we're not trying to do this by ourselves. We are just simply trying to be one. Why? Because we're the body of Christ, and we have to multiply to reach our region. We have to multiply to reach our region. Can I get the keys to, to come up here and play while well, I pray and sound more spiritual with you playing? Thank you very much. Oh, all right there. Cool. What's your name? What's your name? Hannah? Hannah, you're awesome. Can we thank Hannah for being awesome? <laughs> church, let's really be the church. Let's do this. Let's reach North County. Let's reach San Diego. Let's support our pastors. Let's get behind the visions. Let's get into our schools, into our workplaces. Let's get into our neighborhoods. Let's start to see people, even though they may look great on the outside, let's start really to see them as those who are harassed and helpless, those who need desperately the shepherd. Let's present it. Let's walk with him. Let's work with him. Let's show the unforced rhythms of grace. Father, we thank you so much. Jesus, you love us. You care for us. God, even in our worst of worst, you were there for us. So Lord, please continue to send us out even though we're unqualified. But Lord, when we have your Holy Spirit, it changes everything. So Holy Spirit, fill us, empower us, and send us in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can you give it up for Jeff? Come on. Hey, step here. I'm going to ask Aaron to come on up. Aaron, Aaron, come up. Aaron, come on up. Uh, Todd and Shannon, come on up. Hey, we're going to pray for these guys, and then I'm going to ask the ushers to get ready, and, um, and uh, we're going to give today. And uh, as, I'm, as we're praying for them, this is what I'm going to believe. I'm going to believe that God's going to speak to you. Obviously, you came ready to give uh, for those of us that are givers and we're ready to give our tithes. But I'm going to ask this, that in this moment as I'm praying for them, uh, you would just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Maybe there's a, a greater amount that you want to put in so that we can bless these churches big and uh, see them launch uh, successfully September 29th, four weeks away. If you know anybody, come on, get them there uh, for their grand opening. January 12th, Lord, we like four months away. Uh, four months away. So four weeks and four months, and I believe that the kingdom of God is going to be better because of you guys. San Diego is going to be better because of you guys. And so, come on, can we pray for them, church? Let's pray for them. And as I'm praying once again, and then just after I'm done praying, we'll pass the buckets. Buckets will pass. You'll be free to go after that. And then um, uh, we'd love to pray for you. If you need prayer for anything, man, we'd love to pray for you. Lord, we thank you so much, God, for churches being planted. Come on, if I have any other pastors in here, ELT, come on up and let's pray for them. Lord, we thank you for new churches being planted. God, we thank you that as these churches are planted, God, that your grace is going to come upon them, Lord God, in a whole new way. God, your grace is going to come on them in a whole new way. I just feel like God wants you to know that. Uh, the grace that you've had on you for the season you've been in, it's been good, but there's a new grace coming on these couples. There's a new grace coming on you. You're going to feel, you don't even feel it quite yet. You didn't even feel it today. Uh, you, but I'm telling you when, you, when you start your own church, you're going to feel a new grace. So you don't have to worry. You don't have to fear. You don't have to walk. You don't have to have any anxiety. You don't have to have any 
uncertainty know that God's grace is sufficient for you. God's grace is sufficient for the season that you are going to walk into. I'm telling you, there's going to be times over the next four months, over the next four weeks, um, you're going to feel like you're in over your head. And uh, But I tell you this, the moment you open the doors to your church, there's going to be a grace that flows, and you're going to look at those people, not knowing who any of them are, and say, wow, this is my church. These are my people. This has just begun. So God, we're asking right now for that new level of grace to come right now in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, I declare that all of the leaders they need are coming. All of the finances they need are coming. God, all of the friendships, that's the other thing. I just believe the Holy Spirit told me this, to tell you this. Um, as you enter this new grace season, uh, maybe there's been a worry and there's been a fear. What do, what do friendships and relationships look like? But I'm telling you, God is going to surround you, not just with leaders that help you build the church, not just with givers that give to the church, but God is going to surround you with friends where you can open up your heart and you can share the things that are going on, those deep secrets, those things, those, those weights, and God's going to give you those people because you're not going to have to carry the burden alone. So God, right now, we pray that you would not only send the money, you would not only send the leaders, but I pray you would send the friends. God, send the friends. God, send the friends. God, that make life and make this journey so much better. So God, we thank you right now. Let your kingdom come and let your will be done. Lord, in Oceanside, California, God, and in San Diego and the Torrey Pines area, God, let your kingdom come. Your will be done. And God, we thank you for Canvas Church today. God, I thank you for a church that believes in church planning. I thank you for a church that believes in giving to other churches. And Lord, we thank you that we can't go wrong because as it's given away, it's given back, pressed down, shaken together, and running all over. In Jesus' Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give him a hand one more time. Come on. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.